Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Man, we are so glad you guys are here today. Hey, give it up for my friend Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, my man. Yeah, man, my name is Pastor Jeremy, along with my wife. We just have the honor of pastoring this great church. We got a pretty great church. What do you guys think? We got a pretty great church. So, Matt, because of our plus one culture here at Avenue Church, uh, last week we saw over 600 people on our property for Easter. And so can we give God just a praise for that? 600. But not only that, and here, I want to give you the next number, and I don't want uh, a golf ball clap, but uh, man, we had uh, dozens and dozens of hands go up, but we always try to get it out on the Connect card because we can be integrous with our numbers, but we had over 14 salvations for Jesus Christ last week, and so come on, make some noise. That's amazing that we're able to see new life in Christ Jesus. And so many took that step of faith, and today we hope that many of us could take our next step, which is water baptism. And we're going to be doing that outside, like my wife said. If you've already been dunked, get a Dunkin' Donut, and uh, we're going to enjoy ourselves after this worship experience. And I got to say, too, come back next week for Growth Track, step one, and uh, we're just thrilled what God is doing through you, through every single person that is here, through our A-team, for those that call Avenue Church your home, even for your generosity, that every Everything we did last week, the eggs, the donuts today, is because of your generosity that we're able to make a huge difference in our city and right here in Las Vegas. And so how many excited for a new series, This Is Me? This Is Me? I'm excited. And uh, man, one of our first dates with my wife and I was, um, it was, you know, Phantom of the Opera on the Strip. Now, if you know me, if you were here last week, I'm hard of hearing. And so I'm deaf in this year completely. And so if you're on this side, you're just not, it's just not going to go well for you. But I'm, I'm 60% deaf on this side, so I do wear a hearing aid. And uh, when we went on a date, uh, even, uh, I got to say this too, even I, I was dating my wife, and I went to my mother-in-law's house, and we were just dating at the time, and I kind of was like, I really need subtitles. I can't understand anything that's happening on this TV screen. And so I turned on the subtitles real quick, and my mother-in-law came in, unbeknownst to, my, I guess, my condition, you know, and she came in, and she said, who's got this deaf stuff on? I was like, hey, <laughs> hey, let's not hurt me here a little bit. So one of our first dates, we went to Phantom of the Opera on the Strip, and deaf people and opera and no subtitles, it was horrible. I had a horrible time, and my wife's all like, this is amazing, and I was like, I have no clue what they're saying, I have no idea what's going on, they're just singing, you know, I said, okay, and so I got through that, and after that, I said, babe, I love you, but let's never do that again, all right? Let's never do that again. And then she tricked me. She brought me to a movie, and she's like, this awesome movie. It's got a great plot, and, and, and you know, let's go check this movie out. And it was, I call it Less Miserable, right? Les Morales, right? Less Miserable. And we're watching that movie, and all of a sudden they start, there's like no talking at all. They're like, I'm going to preach from my iPad, you know. And I turned to her in the theater, and I'm deaf, so I don't whisper. I turned to her, and I said, I said, they're singing the whole time. She went, shh, quiet, quiet. And I try to be a good husband, all right? I try to, let's, let's sit through this thing. And I'm here to tell you, I went through the whole movie, but it was when the gladiator was singing the Wolverine, I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> He's like, I knew you'd be here. I, I don't know how you know, you know. So I told her, I can't do this. I can't do any more of this stuff. And so she said, let's go see the greatest showman. I said, like, oh, heck no, you know. But I went, 
And uh, man, I just enjoyed it. It was a great movie. And the reason why I loved the movie was not the singing in there. It's just, okay, they're going to sing again. But they're talking again. They're talking again. Uh, I loved the movie because the movie really begins to show that there are individuals that are dejected, that they're rejected, and they're hiding in the dark. And the movie pulls them out into the spotlight. And I love that, that, that when This Is Me song uh, hit the Golden Globes, it's, 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 it's popular and it's, it's flying through our culture and it's a great song, but I really want you to understand that This Is Me is a wonderful statement, but I want you to know that This Is Me is simply good enough if you look through it in the eyes of the Bible. In the eyes of the Bible, and that's what we want to do throughout the next couple of weeks, is begin to talk about you, begin to talk about this is me. As you begin to go through that song, it's amazing to hear the words, but we got to go to the word this morning. So go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We're going to pop it up on the screens real quick. But this is who we are. But you are a chosen race. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies, the awesomeness, the amazingness of Christ who called you out of darkness, you catch that, out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this is me, it's not a, le- a take it or leave it mentality. This is me isn't, okay, this is just how I am, you need to deal with it. This is me is saying, this is who I am. I am holy, I am a priest, I am possessed by God, I am been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Can I get an amen? amen. This is me. Because God loves to take broken things, and he loves to take them into the light. God loves to take broken things, and he loves to heal them and touch them. I am chosen. I'm royalty. This is who I am. We said this last week, but grace will meet you where you are, but it will never leave you where it found you. Grace will meet you right where you are. So I, I, my prayer is you come to God today, and you say, God, this is me. This is, this is what you get. And God says, that's wonderful. I'm going to meet you exactly where you're at, but I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to restore some things in your life. I'm going to find some freedom in your life. I'm going to place purpose in your life. This isn't a what about me series, but this is a who am I series, that God wants you to take you to a place of healing and to a place of purpose in your life. Can I get an amen today? This is me. This is me expresses. A lot of times we say, hey, what you see is what you get. But here's what I love about the Bible, is that sometimes the real me isn't one you see. So first uh, Samuel chapter 16, it says this in verse 7, Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Here's what I love about our Savior. Here's what I love about Jesus, is that Jesus can see past it all. Jesus can see you in the car when you pull into the parking lot. You're like, everybody, shut up. You know, I'm like, you better act right. And you come into the building, you go, praise the Lord, hallelujah. God is good. It's all cool. You know, like, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Blessed and highly favored, you know. Here's what I love. God can see past all that, and he can look into your heart, and he still loves you. He still loves you. So this is me. It's going to be a great series. I want you to make sure you come back every single week as we begin to explore who we really are in Christ Jesus, that we want you to know God and then begin your spiritual journey in Christ. So can I pray with you? 
Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. God, thank you for every single individual that's here today. That God, I thank you. You're not a God of condemnation, but you're a God of victory. That Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you begin to open up our eyes and our ears to hear what you have to say. Father, give us a biblical perspective of who we really are through your word, in us and through us. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout it. Amen. If you got your Bibles today, I want you to turn your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, man, we would love to give you a Bible on the side. It's completely free. Get your iPhones out. Those are sanctified people. Get your Androids out. We're praying for you. Get your Samsung out. Log on that uh, Samsung version app, whatever that is, and, and get your Bible out. Some people get on Facebook, check in, and begin to take notes, and we're going to dive right into that. Android people, it's not even going to load, so just watch on the screens, okay? <laughs> Just watch on the screens. And we're going to go to the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. I want you to know that throughout the entire Bible, you can see a picture of Christ. The entire word, you can see Jesus in every story. And so we're going to read an Old Testament story that begins to show what Jesus is willing to do for us today. For us today. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, this is what it says. Now Naaman, say Naaman. I love this. Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was great. He was honorable. He was an honorable man in the eyes of his master because uh, by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. Like this guy was tough. This guy was awesome. This guy was legit. And here it is, but a leper. But a leper. So he's amazing, he's incredible, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's extraordinary, but he was a leper. I don't know about you, but I don't like that word but, all right? Because it's like, hey, you can tell me anything nice, but if you got a but in that sentence, I don't know if I'm going to like what you have to say. Like, you're amazing, they're incredible, they're extraordinary, but he's got an anger problem. But he's got a selfish, you're like, thank you, let's just erase everything nice you had to say about me. I really like what you did to the front yard, but I'm joking, I'm messing with you. <laughs> and so today I want us to really begin to look at that but statement. And so I want you to fill in the blank for you today. I want you to write but, B-U-T, all right, for some of you in this room, B-U-T. <laughs> then I want you to write an underline, but blank. But blank. You know, I attend church and I do all these amazing things, but I have this in my life. You know, God's going to use me and I know what his word says and I'm here on Sunday morning, but I have this thing in my life. I want you to fill in that blank today and I want you to keep that to yourself and keep that confidential. Because even Pastor Lindsay reminded us a few weeks ago, because it says Naaman was a mighty man of valor. Naaman was integrous. Naaman was a tough dude, but he had leprosy. And a few weeks ago, my wife touched on leprosy. Leprosy was a skin disease. It was a disease that and a, a part of your body would, 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 would grow numb, and eventually it would fall off. And so people that had leprosy were highly contagious. And so if anyone came towards that leprous person, they had to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I'm a leper. I am unclean. That's what I always had to say. I am unclean. Would that make dating a lot easier? Raise your hand if you're single in this place. Raise your hand, single people. Be proud. Come on. Raise your hand, single. Single, look around real quick. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Would that make dating a whole lot easier if you're like, oh man, there's a nice looking guy over there. I'm going to approach him. I'm going I'm to uh, throw a pickup line at him. As you walk towards him, he goes, I'm a cheater. You're like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm going I'm to walk away from that. But as funny as that may seem, I believe that many of us, we do that in our own minds. You know what, Pastor? I want to I go to growth track. You know what, Pastor? I want to get into a group, but fill in the blank. 
but I have this in my life. We all have issues. Many of us have issues, and some of us are numb to what is slowly killing us. And I'm here to tell you that God wants to take that butt blank uh, statement in your life, and He wants to touch it, He wants to heal it, and He wants to restore it. I love those three little words. It said, "But He had, but He had leprosy. But He had leprosy. Four great words in there. He had leprosy. That can either be a hindrance in your mind, or it can be an opportunity, or it can be an opportunity." That many times we think that our little fill-in-the-blank is what's stopping God from saving us and using us when in all reality it's stopping us from God. The Bible says, draw near to God, He will draw near to you. What does that look like? Here's a picture of what it means. It says, there's God, and I'm going to draw near to Him. When I take a step towards Him, He's going to take a step towards me. But sometimes as we get closer to God, we go, you know what? This is great. I'm finding purpose. I'm getting plugged in. I'm coming every Sunday. And as I get closer to God, my but statement comes back into my life. And I say, but I have issues. But I'm a little messed up. But you know what? I, 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 man, if I show up at Avenue Church, I, I think I would just like distort the entire thing. God's blessings will go right out the door. And I'm here to tell you, God loves your butt blank in your life. Now, God wants to take it, He wants to heal it, and He wants to do something extraordinary in your life. So if that is you today, if you're messed up, and how many know we're all messed up, all right? We all have our butt moment, and that's just the 18, all right? That's just your pastor right up here. But if you're here today, and as we begin to go down this process right into water baptism, I want you to write this down, whether you're using Facebook, your notes, a pen and paper, write this down. Number one, just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. I love John chapter 7, verse uh, 37. Jesus stood and he cried out. And this is what he said. Jesus stood, he cried out, If anyone is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. Just come. Just come. Jesus didn't say, if you've been to church every single Sunday for the past year, come. He doesn't say, man, if, if you're using your gifts and you're serving in the local church, or maybe you haven't said a bad word in 10 years, come. He's not saying that. He's saying, I need, the, I need the liars. I need the cheaters. I need those that are numb. I need those that are so broken on the inside. I want you to come because I have living water so you'll never thirst again. That's the kind of Savior that we serve. And I got to say, thank you, Jesus, for being that kind of Savior in our life. That Jesus wants to reel you. He wants you to come up today and say, hey, God, this is me. This is me. This is who I am. So he wants you to drink living water so that you'll never thirst again. I love Luke chapter 7, verse 34. It says, Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and a friend of sinners. And when they called him that in the Bible, he wasn't ashamed. He wasn't uh, like, that's a false accusation. How dare you? Jesus was honored by that title. Thank you for calling me a friend of sinners. Why? Because he said, come. I need you to come and so you'll thirst no more. Come and so you won't find your thirst in the world, at that nightclub, at that different hobby, at that different thing you're trying to do. None of those things are, are just terrible, but God is saying, come, I have living water that will satisfy that thirst, that will satisfy that God hole inside of your heart. Just come. Just come. And the Bible goes on to say in 2 Kings chapter 5, it says this, and the Syrians who had gone out on raids, 
This is Naaman's people. They got on a rage, and they brought back a captive, a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master, I love this, if only my master were with the prophet who's in Syria, he would heal him of his leprosy. I want you to check that out. This servant girl had a come mentality. This servant girl who was, her home was raided, her, play, her, her, her comfort was violated. She was ripped from her home and placed into uh, Naaman's house and said, you're going to serve Naaman's wife and Naaman's going to be your master because he captured you. If I was that servant girl, I'd be like, thank God you have leprosy. Thank God that you're somehow going to die someday because you ruined my life. But she had a come mentality. That she says, if he could just get to the prophet. Man, if you've been attending Avenue Church and you call this place your home or you're, you're serving on an A team, I, I, I got to ask you that sometimes it's hard to have this perspective, but let's have a perspective of just come. To say, man, if I could just get that person in my workplace, if I could just get them to Avenue Church, Man, if I could just get this person at the feet of Jesus, man, if I could just get my boss or my sister or my brother or that friend, if I can get them into these doors and they hear the life-giving, life-changing message of Jesus Christ, maybe they will be healed. If I could just get him to the prophet, I won't preach at them. I won't get mad at them. I'm going to continue to be patient with them. But if I could just get them to Jesus. A just-come mentality. Just-come mentality that God comforts us so we can comfort others. But listen to this. And to comfort others, we might need to get uncomfortable. God comforts us so we can comfort others. But for us to comfort others, we might need to get a little uncomfortable. We might have to get out of our comfort zone to say, I'm going to reach the one. Save people, find people. Say people, we don't just hunker down and put up a, you know, like, I'm going to live here and this is just the, this is the only change that's going to happen in my life. Save people, begin to find people. About 10 years ago, we were on a vacation in, in California, and my wife's like, let's go kayaking, all right? I wasn't really in shape at that time. I was a, a bigger guy, and so I was like, kayaking, I got this. We can go kayaking, and so we woke up that morning, and uh, I said, I got to stretch, because I need, <laughs> I got to stretch, and so I was in the hotel room. She was getting ready, and so I, I was stretching, and I did a move weird. I was like, I'm going to really stretch. I don't know what I was thinking uh, 10 years ago, and I stretched in such a way, uh, boom, my, it, was, it was in my pelvic bone it popped out and it did something weird my muscles tightened up I screamed like a little girl and I hit the floor I went ah boom I couldn't move I was shaking uncontrollably I was sweating uncontrollably thank goodness I wasn't wearing a pink pastel shirt that you see as the sweat can see through but I was shaking there uncontrollably. I was in so much pain. My mother-in-law was coming, and she had some medicine from the pharmacy, and I couldn't get off the floor. And I remember in that moment of pain, a maintenance worker, the door was open, a maintenance worker kind of steps in. And, uh, and so I'm like, dear God, like, kill me. Like, take me away, you know? And the maintenance worker pops in and goes, ooh. I remember this, right? I'm in such pain. I'm sweating. And he looks at me and goes, ooh. He goes, me too. <laughs> I'm going, like, like, what? Like, I got back problems, brother. And he walks away. <laughs> Never see him again. 
And I can remember thinking on that floor, man, if I could just get to the chiropractor, if I could just get adjusted, if I could just have relief. I'm here to tell you, people don't want our sympathy, they want relief. They want relief. They want you to know, where can I get living water so I'll never thirst again? Where can I find a Savior who'll come just as I am so I don't have to stay here, but I can find freedom. I can make purpose. I can begin to make a difference in my life. I don't care who you are, but that was good. That was a good story right there. And so they drugged me up. I got to Vegas, and I sat in the chair for 10 days. It was amazing. It was amazing. I just remember that. Just come. So how many of us are in our life and saying, man, I need relief. Man, I need healing in my life. That God, this is who I am. God, I don't know why I'm this way. I don't know why this is in my life. I don't know why I need healing in this area of my life. But Father, this is me. Will you give me relief? God, will you touch me? God, will you heal me? God, will you satisfy my thirst? And so here's my second point today is just take a step. Just take a step. Just take a step. I love what takes place in the story. He goes. He decides to show up. I don't know if you've ever had a little child, and the child begins to walk, and you're like, walk. Remember my son? He began to walk, and then he fell down, and we're like, yeah, he walked. He took a step. I didn't get mad that he fell down, but then the next day, he didn't walk, right? And we're like, what's wrong with you? You should be walking by now. You should be walking and getting me food, right? You should walk and get me the remote. How many know we're not going to do that here at Avenue Church? We're going to say, you took a step, come on. That's exactly where you need to be. That's exactly what you need right now in your life. You let me know when you're ready to take a step. Because every step you take is a step towards Jesus. Just come, but just take a step. And so here's Naaman. He decides to go. You know what? I'm going to go. I have leprosy. I'm unclean, but I'm going to show up. Second Kings chapter 5, it says this. Then Naaman, he went with his horses and he went with his chariots. He went with all this money, and he like rolled up, like, what's up? All right, I may be a leper, but I got, I'm hooked up. I, I pip my ride. I got all kinds of money. I'm making a rain. I am here. But how many know God sees the heart? God sees the heart. And he says this, and Elijah sent the messenger to him. Elijah didn't even go out, a prophet. He said, why don't you just go tell him? And the messenger told him, you need to go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Say seven. Seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But, there it is again. I love that but word, right? But, it says this, but Naaman became furious. He became upset. And he went away and he said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and he will wave his hand over this place, and he'll begin to heal my leprosy. I'm here to tell you, folks, today we're going to do water baptism. And I'm here to tell you, if you've been in a church experience, and maybe you took a step, and all of a sudden God didn't do what you expected him to do, you became angry and said, I thought God would just wave his hand. I thought God would just fix it right then and right there. He's God, right? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Why didn't God do this? And I believe he didn't do it because he wants relationship. He wants relationship. And he's saying, take a step. Take a step. And so here's Naaman, he's upset and he's furious, but he says, you know what? I'm going to go do it anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. 
Sometimes I think we kind of overthink our attitude because our attitude determines our altitude. But God is saying, just come. Come if you're angry. Come if you're upset. Come if you're disappointed. Come if you're so just put out. Come if people hurt you. Come if you don't have a place in this life. Jesus said, just come. Just take a step. And the Bible says he gets into the water and he says, and he gets in the water and he dips himself seven times. I'm here to tell you, like, road track is next week. We don't have seven classes, praise God. We have three. But even after this, you don't have to go outside and we're not going to dunk you seven times. Can you imagine that, how silly he must have felt? Because some of us, he rolled up in his chariot, he rolled up with all his servants, and he showed up and he says, dip yourself seven times. Can you imagine what that was like, what he was like? One. Right? But maybe, maybe he got a little crazy. He's like, he's like three, right? And kept dunking himself. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to dunk yourself seven times. But the reason why that number is in the Bible is because seven is the number of completion. That Jesus came to this earth to be the seventh man in our life. Jesus came to this earth to be the number of completion in you and I. He came to this earth to complete us in Jesus' name. That Jesus said, I'll take the cross as long as you take the water. I'll take the cross as long as you take the water. And so it said he, was, he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to what the man of God said. And his flesh was restored of the flesh like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. What a picture of baptisms. What a picture of what's going to take place today. That he no longer had to announce that he was unclean. He got to walk away and say, man, I... I'm clean again. I love how the Bible says he had skin like a little child. He said, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, but the new has come. That that's what a picture of baptism is. That it's not by water. I'm here to tell you that that water in that tank, it's not holy, it's tap. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But what baptism does, it begins to show what's happened in your heart then in just a moment, God's going to set you free. In just a moment, God's going to clean you of your heart. Just a moment, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that uncleansiness, that all those different things, God's going to begin to heal, and he's going to, he's going to begin to clean. Jesus said, I'll take the cross. You get to take the water. You know why? Because religion is spelled D-O. You need to do a bunch of things, but relationship is spelled done, D-O-N-E, that Christ has already did it on the cross in Christ Jesus today. I think that's a great picture. So here's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. This is, what, this is what baptism is for us. That by the way, that baptism is a picture for us. In baptism we showed that we've been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Christ. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water, but because in being baptized, we're turning to God and asking Him to cleanse our hearts from sin. I've seen time and time again that many times we say, hey, if you want Jesus, you got to change this in your life. You got to stop saying this and you got to stop listening to that and you got to stop all these different things. But according to God's word, it says that when you come to Christ, God's going to cleanse your heart, which is what he cares about, which is what he sees, and then your behavior begins to change. 
Baptism shows I am clean and I am set free. That Jesus wants you to follow him and not to be ashamed about it. All throughout the Bible, there are scripture verses that says your faith should not be private. It says, let your faith be of good works. Be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. I love this. Disciples have an encounter with Christ, and on Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up. We all know the story of Peter, but Peter gets up, and he preaches, and it says this, that those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number. And what does it say right there, church? that day. Now, if you were with us last year, we did this last year, and how many know when you're part of this church, you might hear repeat things, because as we get a step closer to Christ, there are others behind us that need to have that same experience. And so when I point to you, say that day. Ready? Oh, that's good, church. I like this. We're having some real good, good, uh, you know, uh, collaboration here. So let's try that again. All right. And so it said 3,000 were saved, and then they went home, and, and then they, they, they got on the calendar, and they went to AvenueChurch.cc, and then they signed up for water baptism. They said, I got to give me some baptism clothes and maybe some Crocs because uh, they need to get saved too. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they got baptized. It said when they heard the message, 3,000 people got saved. And then they said, maybe I'll just go to growth track. Maybe I need to learn a little bit more. Maybe I need to just kind of slowly involve. No, it doesn't say that. It says 3,000 heard the message. They got, they got saved and water baptized. And so my prayer is today that as God begins to speak to your heart, it's totally unplanned. It's spontaneous. You're going, I, I'm wearing nice clothes today. Pastor's got a pink shirt on. Like, what is going on here? And God is saying, you know what? I need you to take a step today. 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 That will you take a step? Why? Because I believe when we read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you said, you know what? This is me. It's now gone. The new has come. And this is who I am now. This is me now. That Jesus has set me free. And here's 1 Peter chapter 2. I read this in the very beginning. I'm going to read the message version because the message version is like, I don't know, hipster, relevant. I don't know. But here's what it says. But you are the ones chosen by God. You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. That's the 18, folks. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him. To tell others, I want you to catch this, to tell others of the night and day difference that He made for you. Come on, somebody. A night and day difference He made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted, to accepted. When we get baptized, it's saying God took me from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. When you get out of that water today and not everybody has to go in there, so don't be like, oh God, like where am I? It's just a new place. But when we get out of that water, we're saying, man, Look what he's done in my heart. But this is me. This is who I am. So I want to give you an opportunity today to take that step. I believe that God's been tugging at your heart. For some of us, your first step is accepting Jesus. Your first step is to pray that prayer to say, you know what? I need Christ in my heart. 
So will you do me a favor today? Would everyone stand with me, please, in just a moment? I want to pray over you, and we're going to give you an opportunity to get water baptized. We have baptism shirts outside available for you that says, I have decided. We have uh, all kinds of things going on out there. For the rest of us, the rest of us we got donuts. I'm going to pray with you today. We got what? What else do we have? We have towels, lots and lots of towels, tons of towels. So let me pray with you today. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you today that you're setting many of us free during this message. That God, I pray in Jesus' name, remind us that we are a holy nation. Remind us that you've been, we've been chosen by God. Remind us that we are God's possession. Remind us today that you're making a night and day difference inside of every single person. But maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Christ. Maybe you're here today and say, man, I've never prayed that prayer. Today, I want to do that. So, Pastor, will you lead me in that prayer today? Will you help me to take my first step? I want us all to pray that prayer in just a minute. Ready? Say, everyone, say this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. Today, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. That you were raised for me. Now raise me to new life. You've made a night and day difference in my life. So today, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.